Welcome to the podcast of The Urban Mystic, and this our short mini-series on open and relational theology, which we are squeezing in between our regular seasons. In this episode, Tim and I take a short stab at an intro for this mini-series. So, Tim. So, so I'm, I'm hitting a 30-minute timer now. I don't know if you want to hit a 30-minute timer at another point, but I, I, I fit it quite quickly. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I thought I'd I thought I'd come off straight off the gun after that suggestion. <laughs> That's <laughs> I thought you were suggesting that if you start yours now and I start mine in about 29 minutes, that'll give us a we 59 can... <laughs> minute episode. <laughs> we could average <laughs> that in between stop out of <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so listener, here you go. Here is the Urban Mystics attempted a 30-minute podcast episode with 59 minutes of content. <laughs> Damn, we And this is this is particularly challenging because, as you know, Steve and I are are, are fond of waxing liberally on on, on topics. <laughs> Which is not to say we have nothing to say. But no, that's that's true. But, but in we this are, instance, <laughs> we in this instance, we're we're, cha- we're challenging ourselves. Yes, yes, of course. <laughs> It has to challenge, otherwise we get lazy. Well, well, the easiest way is probably for me just to throw all the questions at you and for you to answer them quickly. How about that? No. <laughs> It'll be like a 2.8-minute episode. Let's do that. <laughs> <laughs> so, so let's, let, let, let's, let's, let's start with, uh, with, with, uh, with the question. Why do a series on the open and relational theology topic? Because we can. Next question. <laughs> that's a, that's a I very knew we'd win this. I knew we'd win at this. <laughs> I, I kind of suspect there's something territory. more to say. I'd, I, I'd love, I'd love to throw something out there if I, if I may. Yes, go for it. Go follow my facetiousness with something. First, I commend you on the shortest, most concise uh, answer to a question I think we've ever had on this in uh, the history podcast, of urban so. mystic. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, so so the reason i i thought this would be great is mm. is because a lot of our theological a lot of theological ideas get formulated over a long period of time with a lot of debates and they can be quite unsettling as they happen but we're not exposed to them we're generally mm. exposed to ideas that have seemingly be long settled and people don't necessarily need to reconsider them afresh because we've already got the answer to them and yeah. so um so it gives the misimpression that religion is very set and it's very stuck in the past that doesn't evolve it doesn't develop and that new ideas or new ways about thinking about god and how we think about god arising in relation to the world as we know it um it gives us the impression that 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 we don't have the freedom for that kind of stuff and yet these ideas are constantly constantly evolving so whether it's uh you know if we think back to to um Derek Morphew in the last season and 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 kingdom theology really being put on the table it's easy to go oh well we've always had kingdom theology but mm. in another sense it's being recaptured and being redebated, and it's a fresh topic on the table that's being worked through and in this sense open and relational theology is the same kind of thing and it's just nice to unpack it not necessarily with the leading figures per se but with people that are adopting it and developing it and within that frame as they wrestle with it. So mm. I, I, I personally, I just thought it would be great to just get a window into how some people that are into open and relational theology are thinking. Ta-da. Yeah. That was three uh, minutes. <laughs> <laughs> this might be easier than we thought. 
No, I, mean, I think that's a great start because it mirrors much of my thinking around my interest with it is just because it's so new and so fresh. Um, I think what also just grabbed my interest was the amount of names I saw up a quick sort of 30 second sideways tangent to in terms of backstory. So in season three, we spoke with Thomas J. Wirt, who's the director of the Center for Open and Relational Theology in the US. It might not be the center, but it's a center. And, um, and so I went and had a look at their organization online and had a look through the, the, the names and the faces that they have either on staff or as contributors. And I was just amazed. I mean, it's massive. Mm. But what really struck me was watching, was at least picking up a couple of names and faces that I'd seen in very conservative, very rigid, very closed sort of circles, theological circles yeah. and went, mm. Okay, that's fascinating. These people must have had quite a quite a change of heart, a change of mind, and a change of direction. And mm -hmm. this is where they've landed. This must be worth having a look at. This must be quite interesting. Mm -hmm. And it's not that my initial interest for this was necessarily that that I'm drawn to to go and be a sort of a, a tier one contributor to open and relational theology. But there's enough resonance there that it, it really struck me. Um, and, and I wanted to know more about some of the some of the stories behind why people were moving in this direction. But it's also very much, as you were saying, that it's just it's new and fresh and 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 it's actively happening at the moment as it's being yeah. disseminated and argued and debated and and pushed back at. You know, that's that's quite interesting because you you see the label heresy come up and it's often kind of, oh, you've just dug up a past heresy, or oh, you've this or you've that. But it seems to be very, it's very much a current happening. Like this is this current heresy. That's <laughs> quite, yeah. <laughs> to be in on the, on the curve of that wave as it's happening. And, and this is not to say that, you know, open and relational theology is only six minutes old. Obviously it's tracing, you know, it's origins mm -hmm. back quite far in terms of thinkers mm -hmm. that they're drawing on, et cetera. But the wave is, is, is quite fresh. What are we like talking 20, 30, 40 yep. years maybe yeah and that yep. sounds like quite a lot given a human lifetime but if you think theology it's 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 it's, it's, it's very current generation stuff yeah, yeah yes. very current generation <laughs> absolutely and, and that's just fascinating to see evolve as you say and, and to see specifically as i'm mentioning that the people who are joining the ranks and i'm just going mm. wow okay that's yep. uh, that's really interesting I, I think also for me, the connection with uh, with Tom was really good. And we didn't just mm. connect in that podcast. We actually connected around it as well. And I I was given like quite a, a privileged chance to review his, his recent book before it came out on open and relational theism. And so it was really nice to have a chance mm. to actually read that and uh, and give like a one word review that went on the uh, on the back. You know, so sure. if you look on the cover, there's Tim Victor on the back <laughs> for the podcast of the Urban Mystic. So, so, so I have a little bit of a vested interest in that, and I just, I just love the the sense in which, um, you know, looking back in history, we we haven't really understood God as a very relational being, and so for people mm. to be thinking about that and re resting and grappling with the notion of what does it mean for God to be relational and participatory and to work in conjunction with humanity as image and, and, and partner, as opposed to God is not available and occasionally intervenes, you know, to stir things up miraculously, perhaps, but has yeah. left us a book, you know, that kind of and, stuff. And it so, might be anecdotally relationally, the interventions even um, yes. you know, speak yeah. about it. But yeah, as you say, it's, it's not fundamentally relational. 
yeah so, so so for me yeah i think i think between you know like what we're saying i think i think for me that covers like why why it's good to to, to do it um mm. just to give that window on things in, in in process and then and then yeah just to really engage you know just uh, three fresh voices that i think is is just good angles mm. um but I guess that takes us on to the next question, Steve. Well, <laughs> why these three guests? Moving, why moving did you pick along. these three? Why did you pick these three guests, Steve? <laughs> well, I'm going to put one one last little comment in the first question box before we move on. Is okay. um, I mean, people might be asking, like, why a little mini series of all things? Why not just do another season? Um, yes. You know, like. Like, what's the point of using some sort of device like that? Uh, because it is tangential somewhat. And for, for us, I think it is quite tangential because it's not that, you know, after three seasons of our interviews, we've suddenly gone, hey, we've arrived at, at our new place of being. We've deconstructed and reconstructed and we're now open and relational theists. It's not to say that we're anti or we're not keen. So don't read anything of that into it. Um, it's just that this is not the new direction for where we're moving. It was just mm. an interesting avenue. And, yep. and I just remember as we were chatting and talking through, like, mm. what is our current direction? This was, was part of discussions for us around where are we headed? What does the mm. future look like? What are we fascinated by? What is, what is really kind of stirring our passions? And, of course, all of that falls for you and I under this, this present tense sense of, of where is God and what is God speaking and what is God doing in each of our lives and the two of us and, and in the world, et cetera, et cetera, this kind of drawing us onward. Mm. Um, and <clears throat> this just seemed like an interesting device to be able to just go, hey, every now and then we might find some things that are not like our primary direction in terms of the vision of the podcast, but they might mm. be just fascinating asides. Mm. And and there are numerous things that, that fascinate each of us, some of which we mm. share and some of which we don't necessarily share. Mm. Mm. Um, and this might be a way for us to explore some of that as non-official season material essentially going forward and just bits mm. of bonus stuff that we'll put out mm. there. And, and, and if you really enjoy it, then that's fantastic. Um, we are still committed to the journey that we started at the beginning of season one and, and we're still committed into season four and five and 482 and beyond uh, with whatever that's <laughs> going to look like. But yeah. this, yeah. this may happen again. Uh, you know, Tim yeah. and I have been chatting about a couple of other things that interest us that we might just want to have conversation around and, and figure that there might yeah. be some worth in listening in on those. And we, you know, we might even have some more guests and, and you know, have some group conversation about things. Who knows? But that was, yeah. that was for me, I thought it was just worth mentioning. That's why yeah. we have this little tangential mini series. And yep. it may not be a complete left or right turn. Some of it might run in parallel with what we're doing. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't want to make too much of that other than just putting my finger on. It's not necessarily meant to fall in as core of the vision of our seasons as what we've been doing. Is, is that a fair summary? What do you think of that, Tim? Yeah, no, 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 I think that's good. The, the other thing is, is the, mm. the, the, two, the two next seasons we really want to give a lot of time to, and one involves setting up um, a number of guests and really thinking very carefully about how we're going to make that work. And then the other one is, is, is quite a, quite a detailed deep dive for us. And, it, mm. you know, throwing a mini series in here takes us to the end of the year in a nice, 
concise way for us to still have a holiday <laughs> yeah. at the end of the day with at the end of the year with the rest of the planets and then and then really to to launch beginning of next year into season four and really deep diving that so practically mm. it works out very well as well yeah yeah that's good that's good cool yeah so it's a bit of a background behind what we what on earth we're up to with this but you asked the question about where did these people come from? And I feel like I should flip that at you. Because, um, <laughs> I'm being totally unfair with that. <laughs> I think you issued one or two out of the three invites. And the third, I think, came to both of us. So perhaps yeah. just tell those stories quickly about how, how, we, how did we internet Uber these three people onto our podcast? <laughs> well, um, just, just, just from my point of view, because it, it, it kind of bounces backwards and forwards between us with the way it comes together. So the first guest um, um, that, that we have actually came off a Facebook post. Yeah. And in retrospect, I realized I've been nursing this insecurity about whether it is fair to box him as an open and relational theist, even um, Devlin Case. Good point. Um, Delvin Case, you know. And I realized that I'd never really con confirmed that but I kind of felt that he came in through that orbit right mm. <laughs> and then I've gone I've never confirmed that so so for me I'm just leaving that in in terms of my own insecurity and just just throwing that out there but he'd had this post about the frustration in terms of what it's like to be pushing into new territory and getting the kickback and how much that hurts mm. and it kind of like makes him want to say some things that you know, or express some emotion that around it. And I just loved the way he phrased that particular paragraph. And I mm. thought, yeah, let's just invite him and, and, and see. And it was, it literally was an internet Uber of just dropping him a line and going, Hey, let's connect. Want to be a, want to be a podcast guest and um, yeah, great conversation. So, so he was good. And then mm. the second one, TC Moore, um, I caught his YouTube thing or Facebook related to the um, open and relational Facebook page mm. where, where he just presented a very nice um, black, black, black fr fr framework for open and relational theism. So he uses ac acronym ROSE and for those of us that are familiar with the more, um, you know, Calvinistic background and, and, and that kind of stuff, you've got Tulip. Yes, so, the five finger uh, death punch. The five finger death punch. And, and it was just a read. <laughs> yes, totally, totally. So, 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 with the way he'd he'd phrased it and explored that, I just thought it, he'd be a great guest just to have on and explore that. Mm. And um, and then Rory Randall, he's he he. I, I saw he's got a book that just came out, mm. and it was on uh, open and relational theism and renewal. And so renewal and the and the relational presence of God goes quite strongly together, mm. and it's a it's a research topic and of interest to me. So I saw that I really liked the title. I bought the book straight away, and then I pinged him and I just said, "Hey, Rory, um, love your stuff. Can we can we connect?" And and he graciously offered uh, offered me a free copy of his book. And I said, "No, no, don't worry. I've actually bought your book already, <laughs> but 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 it comes from a thesis. I'd love to have your thesis just to to you know a copy of your thesis." Mm. And he just generously sent me a copy, and we had some emails going backwards and forwards and some conversation. And then today he he joined us, and so his tracking of how open relational theism, uh, in terms of thinking, goes back to Wesley even and how mm. Wesley opens mm. the way and, and, and Wesley can also be taken as a, as a, as a mystic and a, 
and a, a renewalist himself. Um, and others would kick back against that because they want to sanctify him from these uh, heretical <laughs> movements, of course. Yeah. Um, but but I just love the way that he that he linked the way he linked that and the way he brought it together. And I just thought it, it created a link or at least a, an avenue that I want to research anyway. And someone's done it for me, and I just love to have that conversation with them. So mm. that's yeah, that was it for me. <laughs> that's cool. I think there were two things I thought I would share just about our, our, our guests for this little mini series. And I, I just want to add a quick third one to that, just to, uh, mm. <laughs> to thank you for your first point. It's a good point. Mm. I had missed that. Uh, yes. I'd also just uh, put uh, Delvin in amongst uh, our open and relational people, mm. but um, I'm glad that you point out that he's not necessarily moving in that direction, but it was mm. such a wonderful conversation to have anyway. Um, mm. And in this, and so the two things I thought I would share is that firstly, that we, we continue to follow our narrative approach, which we do with guests and talking about their first experiences of God. And then we move on to later on in life and where they are and in amongst that explore some of their thinking and their work and their process, etc. But the second, which is tied to that is just what comes out of that approach for me continues to be so fruitful so so poignant so moving um so so sort of weighty yeah just just so so weighty that there's so much there and there were some startling moments again mm. in conversation mm. with people that if if you picked up a book and you read their work or you interacted with a you know youtube teaching of theirs or some conference or you know, you just happen to to meet them online in in uh, in a in a podcasting group that that you know where we met uh, Delvin. You would you wouldn't always think of what's going on under the surface, but there are some just some layered and textured um, moments in which we're quite privileged to to be able to look into their lives and experience in some ways what they would have experienced as they tell yeah. their stories. So. That for me is always a, is a huge take home from, I think, some of the work that we're doing is the way in which, I mean, relative strangers will just tell us the most amazing things in conversation. It always strikes me, um, especially when you and I just kind of reminisce later on, just going, I mean, this is amazing that people would trust us with this and, and trust it in a recording that can be listened to by others. So I'm really excited again to be able to share, share some of that with, with you as listeners uh, around the yeah. story. You, you know, I, I keep feeling like I wish I had Richard Kearney's uh, rich Irish voice and Celtic heritage. Right <laughs> for this. And, and he talks about uh, uh, studying under Paul Ricoeur, who, who always asked, whence do you speak from? Like, where do you speak from? Yes. Who, who are you that speaks? And, and he's got a masterful unpacking of that that I can't do justice to. But if anyone remembers that, I just, I, I absolutely love that, both in his writing and just in that conversation with him. And, and I found sure. that that's it's so profound because here, taking the narrative approach, we get the sense of who is this person that's speaking. You get a sense of, of, of like who they are, the character behind the writing you know, the, the character behind the ideas, their backstory, you know, yeah. and I just, I just find for me, it just, it just makes me um, deeply appreciate someone a lot more when I hear their story like that. And it's just, it's just, a, I don't know, I just absolutely love that dimension. And it just, it just makes the, the ideas about God that much more enriching when you put in, when I see it in the context of their life and their journey 
of relational engagement over a long yeah. period of time. Yeah. Yeah, I, I love that. And I think I would add to that even it's it can be more insightful and mm. more sort of more easy to interpret even in some ways mm. because we're looking, we, we are, we're attempting to, but in a much better way now that we have the story to look through the lenses that they look through into their lives and into yeah. their thinking and their process. So I love that. I think that's, that's really wonderful. It is just so much the richer for, for those mm. sorts of experiences. So it, it, it also for me just cuts the, the boundary because spirituality, mysticism, religiosity, religion in this sense, the relational engagement with God is actually a deeply relational thing and it's it's got to do with the tapestry of our lives and our things weave together yeah. and we've got this backstory and this backstory idea that basically goes in objectivity you remove yourself from the story but in love and in relationships you enter into the story with people and i feel like fundamentally when when people are reflecting on and and putting forward of ideas of of God, and you hear it in the tapestry of, of of the lives. You see that interweaving of how God steps into the chaos of their life, um, you know, both positive and negative, and, and enters into relationship with them, and vice versa. How they, from within the context of their life, in the context of the chaos of their life, you know, fruitful, hurtful, all of that kind of stuff. How they then step forward in relationship with God and in relationship to others. And for me, that's just. I would not get that just from their writing because they don't. They, these aren't these aren't people that are going, "Hey, look at me! I want to tell you my last story." Everyone gathered around, just listen to me. They're going, yeah. "Yeah, I've got this idea to share." And so, what we get to do is, like, what I love about this question and this narrative approach is, we can peel back that layer of revelation mm. and, and get into the meat and bones of going, "Well, you know, you, you're deeply influenced by your relationship with this uh, w- with this divine person." And, yeah. and we can start seeing we can start seeing that and get a sense of that. And I, I yeah, for me, I just I just absolutely love that. Yeah. It, it it often often yeah, if not always, leaves me with a sense of anticipation and and almost a, almost a sense of not discomfort. I, I'm I'm left I'm left wanting more. There's a sense mm. of only having scratched the surface. And, you know, if you speak to somebody for an hour and a half, I mean, I think one or two of our guests were were generous enough to give us even more, two hours or Mm. so. Mm. You you think that's a long time to speak with somebody, but then you think, actually, I mean, I have a million questions still as Mm. as we sort of round up an episode and go, well, thank you for your time. It's been great. And think, (laughs) what more would there be? What more would emerge as... Mm as not just the time increased, obviously, because the time is just a vehicle in which the, the trust as relationship grows. You know, here I'm even thinking about what this means when we talk about human to divine relationship, human to human, and, mm. and you know, with in the intra-relational self to self. Um, as the trust goes and as there's more willingness uh, and mm. through that ability to reveal and to be open and to share and to listen and to consider questions and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It just, it, it kind of leaves me yeah, hungry to just go, what more would emerge through more deeper mm. relational engagement as we ask yeah. more questions, either about other moments 
of meeting with the divine, meeting with the self, meeting with others. All three of those interest me, even though we, you know, we take aim at the human to divine connections. Mm. Um, and not just other moments, but each moment, if we were able to continually dig further and further into the layers of what's there, because I, I'm aware that, you know, we, we've done a, a few recordings where we've talked about our, our spiritual experiences, sort of back and forth, yours and mine. Um, and some even that if I'm correct, still are sort of waiting to see the light of day that are coming. Yep. And yep. even there in, a, in an hour and a half, two hour conversation between the two of us, where we have built deeper and deeper trust mm -hmm. over time and a willingness to engage on this, there's still so much more to be explored from the experience that happens, you know, either in a moment or a series of moments or over time that gradually, you know, God reveals God's self or whatever it might be. And so that's just a very complicated way of saying that, uh, one of the things I enjoy at the end of a recording and that listeners might even pick up is go, surely there's more there. <laughs> surely yeah. there, are, yeah. there are other questions to ask and to be answered and yeah. other directions to look in and other layers to, to pull back and look at deeper textures. And I would say, absolutely. I think there always mm -hmm. are. And that's one of the yeah. beautiful things I think that makes us human. And that's, that's a beautiful mm -hmm. part of the human divine interaction and the human, you know, the intra, the self-to-self -self interactions. That's part of what makes it so difficult and so complex and sometimes so painful. But that's mm -hmm. just another reason why I love the narrative, because it enables us to step relationally into each other's stories and engage and enact. And, uh, yeah. and you wrote recently this week, anyone listening to this should go and have a read at what, what Tim had put down on Facebook <laughs> this week about embodiment. Because there's yeah, a lot yeah. of that in that way here, being being embodied, being present. It's not just being conscious. Mm -hmm. You actually have to be physically present, emotionally present. Mm -hmm. All of those presences mm -hmm. need to show up in the present with a T. So anyway, mm -hmm. that's a bit of a, a ramble. I've probably taken us way towards our time limit. But uh, no, 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 we've got we've got three minutes and forty seconds left. We're still doing good. So <laughs> that's like eighteen more questions. <laughs> exactly, Tim, exactly. Rapid fire. Let's go. <laughs> so, so, so I must say, just 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 yeah. to, just to add to to what you said there is is um, you know so so in two of the sessions I feel like like it, it's easy to conclude in terms of people's writings. But, but the session of Delvin, for instance, is tremendously vulnerable because yeah. the conversation ends open-ended and it's it's all a process and it's all raw. Mm. And I, I end up having a lot of conversations with people that uh, just that I meet with for coffee or a beer or over lunch, where a lot of them are like that. But then we've got the privilege of having multiple conversations over a period of time and then patterns emerge. And yeah. so it was just a unique privilege there, um, you know, and I, I just want to acknowledge everyone for, for again, just, just speaking so, so vulnerably and authentically to us. I mean, I just, I just came away going, damn it, I love these guys. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, uh, it's such a cool privilege. It really, really is. Mm. Um, so, I mean, what's left to say, I guess, other than, uh, you know, this, this is this little mini series that we've done. And mm. I think we're, uh, we're proud of it. I think it's been fascinating. I think it's been really interesting. It's been challenging in its own way to take a, a slightly mm -hmm. different direction with a similar approach. And just that's been fun. That's been exciting. It's been an adventure. And we're keen to share it with you. We'd love to hear your your thoughts uh, as you've listened, as you do listen now to the, the stories that yep. emerge. Yeah. 
and in a sense we've held this uh, very playfully and very lightly you know um like yeah. not to say that we haven't taken it seriously but in the sense that in the sense that that we this came together very easily for us as an idea as an interim to do yeah. and and i've just enjoyed it from that point of view of just going these i love this kind of exploration i love yeah chasing down rabbit holes into huge warrens and massive networks, <laughs> you know, and just being lost in all of them and the coming up and surfacing. And, yeah. and it's just part of the, it's those, it's these kinds of things that really just in, in enrich us all, you know, the opportunity to explore, but more importantly, the opportunity to hear other stories for what their stories mean to them, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. That's a very but then, Yep. The other thing here that I'm really impressed by, Steve, is we yes. are literally now on to one minute left. So technically, we have succeeded your challenge. <laughs> well, let me just say at this point, categorically, <laughs> and with much staccato of speech, I had no doubt in our abilities. <laughs> <laughs> In retrospect, we can speak with utter certainty about yes. the future, about the past. <laughs> exactly. Good old 2020 hindsight. Oh. And I, 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 hope, I hope that uh, the, those that are into open and relational theology will appreciate that tongue-in-cheek. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. Yeah. Time. I, I, would, I would echo Tim's thoughts. This has been a privilege. It's not... Uh, it's not something we've undertaken lightly, but we have had immense fun with it in, I think, the, the best and most wonderful way. Um, yeah. So, yeah, enjoy. Enjoy.